Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi there, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program around Australia. If you're listening for the first time, make sure you check out the back catalogue of episodes. There are, to put it mildly, shit tons of good stories for you to sink your teeth into. Or your ears. Do you sink your ears? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But there is also a Queer Stories book that you really should buy and a podcast collaboration with Google's Creative Lab called My Mother's Kitchen. It features a bunch of Queer Stories storytellers and is a cool interactive game slash podcast slash, I don't know, experimental audio experience. It's cool and you should check it out at mymotherskitchen.com.au. Jean Tung is a Melbourne-based writer. Her previous work includes Hungry Ghosts at Melbourne Theatre Company, Romeo is Not the Only Fruit at the Cooper's Malt House for Melbourne Comedy Festival, and Antihero at Monash Centre for Theatre and Performance. She's also presented at the Emerging Writers Festival and has been published in Peril Magazine and Mianjin. In 2018, she was selected for Screen Australia's Developing the Developer Workshop and for Film Victoria's TV and Online Concept Lab. Pinboard, GP, slash, WIP, UST, M slash, M, F slash, M, F slash, F, Multi, AU, Hertz slash, Comfort, Fandom, Bicycle, GP, BP, Futanari, Angst, OT3, FF.net, AO3, I see recognition, don't pretend. This event is called Queer Story, so I am making a generalized assumption that many of you at least vaguely understand what all these words mean. I'm referring, of course, to an essential component of the internet, something integral to my adolescence, something that's ostracized, mocked by mainstream society, something that confuses even the gayest of the gays. This is sub-zero, subreddit-level shit. I am, of course, talking about fanfic. Fan fiction. Fiction written using some other creator's original material, whether it's a TV series, novel, film, theater, etc. You were either there for it or you weren't. You were either a subscriber to 80 stories across three different fandoms. That's fan kingdom for those who did not rush home after school to check your email for updates to those 80 stories. Some of us 13-year-olds had best friends who mocked fanfic readers as pervs, creeps, and massive nerds. Some of us had best friends who supported our reading and or writing habit. Often those best friends were fellow nerds who lived on another continent. This is not the coming out story anyone has ever asked for, but I thought I'd use this mic to spread my fangirl cooties around anyway. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea how I landed in the internet wormhole of fandom. I mean, yes. I was a small gay in a homophobic uh, country, in a homophobic school with homophobic friends, but this was 2009, and that was still totally normal. Kristen Stewart hadn't come out yet, the public worship of strangers' dogs wasn't normal yet. (laughs) 
For anyone who's never had the pleasure of being a hardcore fan on Tumblr or been sucked into the purgatory of the Zetaboard's L-chat, let me explain. When BuzzFeed posts on Facebook about the top 20 microbreweries in Melbourne, 1,000 people will jump into the comments section. The comments range from friendly disagreement to aggressive shaming about which beers are yeastier, a <laughs> caps lock screaming about which brewer is best for the environment, and also usually a few personal attacks about not having a brain or a distinctive palate. That is fandom. You are all deeply passionate about beer, but anyone who likes a different beer from you should stop drinking beer forever because they are just fucking wrong and that is the worst relationship ever. You've got a serious problem if you think those two characters would ever fuck, okay? <laughs> anyway, amidst all this chaos, um, I wrote my first multi-chapter piece of fanfic for Aragon, Christopher Paulini's fantasy novel series, that spawned one of the worst movie adaptations of all time, inspired many hot takes and rewrites, including from me. At 14 years old, I wrote 60,000 words, which is where my career really kicked off. <laughs> By the time I abandoned the story after 13 chapters, 43 people had subscribed to it. I had 80 reviews. I have brought some of those reviews along tonight <laughs> to demonstrate the high level of editorial feedback I was receiving from anonymous internet commentators at the emotionally resilient age of 14. <laughs> Donut Hole said, I like the story so far, please update soon. The Knight of Your Heart said, great job, please hurry up. <laughs> Dr. Dandy, 69, said, I tried to give this a chance, I really did, but the sheer stupidity is infuriating. This is possibly one of the worst pieces of literature I have ever read. You fail, my friend, please try again. <laughs> Unfortunately for this anonymous reviewer, I did try again. Again, this is um, 2009, so naturally I ended up in the gayest, nerdiest, most aggressive tween fandom to ever exist. Glee. <laughs> if you have never watched the show, let me firstly congratulate you. Secondly, were you under a rock? Thirdly, let me reassure you that wannabe Broadway star Rachel Berry and Quinn Fabray, her cheerleader nemesis and fellow soprano, were definitely secretly dating each other the whole six seasons instead of fighting over the same boys. <laughs> Canon. <laughs> At the mature age of 15 years and one month, I started my gayest epic yet, which stretched out to a whole 90,000 words. I wrote this over seven months, and it's not quite a humble brag, but it's definitely what I'll be receiving my Pulitzer for. <laughs> um, so some reviews from my PhD. <laughs> Obliterator1519 said, I got quite a few things to say about this fic, especially this chapter. First, this fic isn't humor at all. Yes, you had some comedic parts, but most chapters have been total angst. Metal Taco said, 
So far, you've been really good at making the story seem pretty realistic, so I was a bit disappointed with the ridiculousness of this chapter. Aquamarine Light Knight said, it took me a while to read the whole thing, but you capture Rachel and Quinn so perfectly, it makes tears come to my eyes thinking about it, because most people don't, and it gives me a headache. <laughs> this is all real. Now, I was still a small gay living in a homophobic country in a homophobic school with homophobic friends, but 405 people had favorited my fic, and 230 people had left reviews, so I was basically the equivalent of Dan Brown. <laughs> Now, fanfic, as much as it is sometimes silly and fraught, is deeply political. We were all desperately hungry for queer content, but all we were getting were the same old stereotypes, or worse, characters who were gay, but only in their author's mind. I am looking at you, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Tag her. We wanted stories where the girl got the girl, or the guy has their lack of desire to have sex accepted without judgment, or the person realizes that none of our existing gender categories work for them. But since we weren't getting any of these stories, we wrote it ourselves. Fanfic, above all the madness, meanness, and horniness, was about community. That was 10 years ago. And though things are far from perfect, I haven't felt the need to return to fandom, partly because my friends are IRL instead of exclusively online, and partly because representation is better. Queer characters are in TV shows, films, theater, nearly everywhere, because the gay agenda took off. <laughs> there's not enough people of color, there's never enough characters with disabilities, so many other people are missing, but it's a little better in 2009 then 2009. 2019, I have no complaints. Now I get to watch heartbreaking lesbian drama The Good Fight week to week and stress over whether Maya Rindell, a canonical, growly-voiced, high-fam white girl law associate, will appear in any more scenes with Amy Breslin, her older lawyer girlfriend, ever again. Spoiler alert, close your ears, no. <laughs> now, I get to watch heartbreaking lesbian drama Jane the Virgin week to week and stress over Petra Solano and JR's will they, won't they, spoiler alert, Jon Snow eats out a dragon for gay rights. <laughs> now I get to watch heartbreaking lesbian drama Killing Eve week to week and stress over whether one of the two characters is going to kill each other or fuck each other or do both at the same time and fuck. It really makes me concerned for my friends and family. How do straight people handle this kind of pressure all the time in every single show they watch? Is anyone reaching out to the heterosexuals? It's like the writers selected the angst tag and never cleared the search filter, and now we're stuck watching high-quality contemporary TV with queer characters going through canonical relationship drama instead of me just writing fake drama and a fake happy ending. Now, this might be a little too controversial for the hashtag Twitter discourse, but I am not afraid to be commercial clickbait. <laughs> so queer stories, here is my original hot take. Take the representation back. I am not ready. I am sick of waiting every week to find out if my fave lesbians are going to make it out alive. I am sick of struggling through well-structured and suspenseful TV writing that puts bi characters through difficult decisions instead of satisfyingly angsty and ultimately comforting trash. <laughs> I can't take this heartache. I resign. 
I asked for this, yes, repeatedly, loudly, demandingly, but I take it all back. I'm going back where you can smush characters' imaginary faces together and pretend they got a happy ending and where producers' contracts and wages and scheduling doesn't get in the way. I'm going back to where it's safe for a wee gay fanfic. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and consider signing up to my crowdfunding page on Patreon. Small monthly donations help me keep my business afloat as an independent producer and artist. And in exchange, you get discount tickets, giveaways, merch and that warm glow of supporting the arts. For event updates or those excellent social pages pics from the various events, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night ramblings and photos of my excellent dog, Frank, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.